Hey, hey friends. friends, it's Davion, it's Bruce, and, and this, this is, oh, that's, that's my gay friend. friend, episode number 75, let's go, three quarters, what's up husband, hey, how are you doing tonight, I'm good husband, how are you, I am blessed and highly favored, amen and amen, welcome friends to another wonderful episode of oh, that's my gay friend, brought to you by this Christmas, uh, 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 uh. I don't know the words to the song, but on Monday, it's what? Christmas. This Christmas. Yes. We hope you guys are enjoying this holiday season and we hope you have all your shopping out the way. If not, you can go to Amazon and use our code. <laughs> Just playing, we don't have a code. But that sounded great, right? It did. I I <laughs> hope when we actually have a code next year. It we'll you know give it to the people. seeing it next year. We're gonna have a code you guys can use to buy merch for oh that's my gay friend. But Let's talk about the good shit today. You guys know what time it is. Go ahead and gather your cocktail. And if you're having a holiday cocktail, that's even better. Grab your libation while we tell you our selection for it tonight and tell you how our week week has been weaking. Um, we are coming to you live and in color on Friday evening. So, ta-da. But, husband, what do you have in your glass tonight? I am having my Cameron Diaz wine because it's still been... In the fridge, it's a a twist top. Okay. So you can you know you don't have to drink it all up in the same night. Cami Cami Diaz has thought of everything. It's the uh, Aveline white wine mix. All what right, about you? Spread it out. I am having a one margarita. I'm gonna open my legs. Give me two margaritas. I'm gonna give you some head. Hey. Um, I will say for Cameron Diaz, I did go to her website and I saw that she apparently is now doing a cooking show as well, or she has. She pairs food with her wine. Have you okay. noticed that? I have not. No. And she made an olive cake that looked very interesting. An olive cake? Olive. O-L-I-V-E. Cake. So was it like, like savory? Oil? I have uh, Yes. It was. There was chopping and pears and, and cinnamon sticks and, <laughs> and all type of things. And honey, I'll show it to you once we get off the friends of the pod. If go to camera or not promoting camera days but clearly go to her ig page it's very interesting this olive cake i've never heard of an olive cake before and so it seems very health conscious i'll say that in that realm of earthy earth cafe type of situation it looked interesting i would like to taste it it would be a fun maybe couples night date night thing to do together uh, that is definitely something we can post the picture on the pod we'll post the picture because she she did a lot and i was like i would never have i would have never thought to put these ingredients together mm. to make the topping or serve if you will that she made for the cake so it was interesting but Enough of that. Yeah, let's let's get ahead. to these drinks, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get to these cocktails. Get to these cocktails. So let's raise a glass for a wonderful episode. Here we go. Toast. Here, Here we go. go. Clank, 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 clank. Let you sip. So you say you don't want no dead air. How was your sip going? My sip was great as you are sipping now. Mm. So tell me, how's that cocktail uh, tell, it's nice, telling? It's funny. It's a Cadillac without the Grand Marnier. So I don't. I don't know if that's still a, a Cadillac about, or not. I was about to ask. Isn't it just a regular margarita? I think so. But in my mind, like the temptation say, in my mind, I'm having a Cadillac because I forgot to buy some more Grand Marnier and it's all gone from our bar. So yeah. Whoops. So let's get to how have our week been weaking? I know that's 
grammar inappropriate inappropriate grammar but who cares it's friday so what's been going on with you husband uh life i can't complain about it it won't change anything if i do but this past week has definitely been much better than the week prior got my car back yay fuck you uh motherfuckers i got it back (laughs) really quick i just want to let everyone know that drives a prius and or a car that they park on the street right there is um it is technology now where you can go to a muffler shop buy what they call a custom cage to put underneath your car that way people can't steal your shit it's only about $300 depending on what muffler shop that you go to. And you, when you say it's still your shit, you mean still your catalytic converter. Correct. Okay. If you listened to the podcast last week. Yes. So you can go to a muffler shop. They can put this cage on your car. I know you're thinking $300, but it's either that for preventative measures or buying a new catalytic converter, which will easily run you $2,500. Like it did for me. Luckily, I had insurance, but that deductible was still something I wasn't expecting at Christmas time. That was some coal in my stocking. (laughs) So just take heed my words. (laughs) Just go find you a muffler shop because it is running rampant in Los Angeles, regardless of where you stay. Again, I had a friend who knew someone that got their catalytic converter stolen in a gated community in a very... uh, highfalutin neighborhood so wherever you at shit can go down but other than that uh, my weekend was filled with work we did a little play yesterday met up with uh, my bestie and her fiance i'm on fiance shout out to drew and dennis they're they are fianced honey um for christmas We've been doing Christmas theme stuff this season, and I love it. I'm I'm about it. We haven't. I I've been here for it, but I'm like I'm still not in the spirit of it. But I'm I'm way more better than I was years prior. So okay, I will say that. But it's it's been nice. It's been nice. Uh, we went to EP and LP. Uh, they're having they decorated the entire second floor area. Uh, Christmas basically threw up all over it. And we went, had cocktails, and it was fabulous. Yeah, a little nosh. It was good. A little nosh. And then went to a improv show. Comedy improv, which was great. We've done that before. So L.A. on a school night. <laughs> so L.A. Um, she, she, she. But how was your week? The week was good. I will say that. You know, work is going to be what it does. I, I, and I love what I do. And so that was fun doing that with the people who I care about and also people who I don't know, but trying to help them and their family navigate this mental health system. So that's been fun. Uh, Besides that, this past weekend, we hosted a brunch at our house and there was one with one of my mentors from my graduate study programs. And so that was fun. You met, you finally met Mrs. Myers Mm -hmm. and she is a ball and a half of fun. She's a hoot. Now, Mama Age is probably, I'm going to say, she probably going to kill me if she hears this, but 70 to 80, she's somewhere in that range, but she can hang out with the best of them. She is still jovial and she still is with it with the slang and no, saying. Yeah. She's, she's sharp. She's sharp as a whip. Very much so. I mean, to the point, she would drive from LA to Oakland by herself with, well, she said, with her and Jesus in the car. And she's like, if I can drive to the market, <laughs> down the street 
I can make it to Oakland. That's it, Miss Myers. I support that. I want to be like you when I get to that age. That's a beautiful so, way of thinking. It honestly. really is. She's like, what, what am I scared of? I've, if I'm on the road, I ask God to protect me from my house to the grocery store. I ask for that same protection from my house to Oakland. And she came over. She met the pups. She met the kids. They enjoyed her. Uh, we had a great time. It's just nice being knowing someone who knew me prior to me knowing you. Mm. Um so how did you how did you see that? Because she like, I feel like, for me she she is someone who shaped my clinical perfect the professional clinician who I am today is because of her. Mm-hmm. A large part is in, and and I am I'm embedded to her because she taught me so much of her skill set and I used that and I implemented my implement, implemented my own stuff into my practice now, but. She's just fucking amazing to me. Um, so, but I asked the question because she we talked about stuff that me prior to me knowing you. So I'm just like curious if you had thoughts about that. Maybe you didn't. So. I mean, I don't look at it as any different than when we're around now mutual friends that you knew yeah. <laughs> before. You know that you went to high school and middle school with that I didn't. I was not around at that time. So, and since I don't know you in the professional sense, like I don't work with you, so I don't. <laughs> it wasn't like, oh yeah, this this is what he do at work. Yeah, like this is how he processes, you know. So, but it, it was really good seeing your interaction and really, you know, hearing. And whenever you can sit at the feet of wisdom yes. and people that have lived life, I think it's always an absolute amazing experience because it's just recipes are getting lost. You know? They are, and she definitely has that type of spirit, and she she's just a beautiful, beautiful person, so I love Ms. Myers. Um, so we did that Saturday, Sunday, so shout out, I have, oh, sorry, so then we, once we had the brunch, we also went to see a Fantabulous movie. Oh my gosh. And I say Fantabulous, because that's the only word I can use to describe it. If you guys haven't seen it, it's it's playing in selective theaters until I want to say maybe the 26th of December. Then it should be everywhere. But it's called American Fiction. It's starring um, Maxine Waters from not Maxine Waters, <laughs> Maxine Shaw, Erica Alexander from Living Single, Jeffrey Wright from he, Westworld, Angels in America, Insecure apparently. No, or maybe it's Easter <laughs> that was away so from Insecure and Tracy Ellis Ross, where we know Tracy from Girlfriends and from um, Blackish. One of the best movies we both have seen that's a black film by far. Mm-hmm. We don't want to tell you too much about it, we don't want to oversell this movie, but it's fucking amazing. It is hilarious when it needs to be. It is dramatic when it needs to be, but it's never too much of either. It's never goofy and it's never like depressing, but it is a perfect what I would consider dramedy. Yes. And everyone is acting their ass off in the film. It was really great to see Erica Alexander just for the pure nostalgia who hasn't aged a bit. She looks exactly like she did on Living Single. Maxine Shaw. Attorney at law, guilty, innocent. Um, it was great to see 
Issa, you know, every time she graces television or film, it's just a breath of fresh air. And Tracy Ellis Ross is, she lights up everything. I was shocked at how much I enjoyed Jeffrey Wright, though. I am a, I enjoy his work. Again, I was a huge Westworld fan, which was a show on HBO. You didn't get into it. I did. Because I tried it was, one it, time. It was, it was violent. But he was amazing on there, and he's been doing this he's like a true thespian yes. like he's a tony award winning that's what i'm saying he has a family he on hbo i felt like he was playing a prisoner who was in jail for and trying to escape like i want to find that i'm gonna find that movie to, to call it to tell you what the title is but go ahead what you thought but he is he is the lead in this film it is based around his character and his character's experiences with his family it is again I recommend if you just like smart, witty, intelligent humor and like factual circumstances, I recommend that you go see this movie. It was playing at Century City. Century City, yes. And the movie I'm talking about with Jeffrey Wright is called OG and it came out in 2018. You can check it out on Max or Hulu or amazon prime if you have the premium subscription it was really good it was a series that they did and it's a thriller slash um documentary and it was amazing i remember mm -hmm. watching that and just seeing you say he's a thespian and he really takes on these roles like you really it's believable yeah everything he does it's Absolutely. really it's really amazing and again this movie is getting Oscar buzz because it's just it's just that fucking good. Um, yes. So we don't want to get too much away because there were, there are films that similar to the formula what this film did in a way, mm. but we don't, we don't even want to tell you those type of movies because then you'll kind of get an insight of what it is. So go into this movie blindly because we did, and just enjoy it. Yeah. And, Literally within five minutes, we both were hooked. I, I I didn't fall asleep at all in this movie, and I'm notorious for falling asleep at least for like five minutes. So I was up the entire. You were the entire. The eyes were up. open. No eyes closed. No head bow. No snoring going on. Not one. It was just enjoying the scene, and I will give this tidbit: Erica Alexander is now playing. You guessed it, a lawyer again. So she is typecast. But she does it so well. <laughs> but yeah, so we saw that. That was Saturday night. And uh -huh. then Sunday, I just so happened to have two best friends who happened to have the same birthday. So shout out to Trish Chandra, a.k.a. Mahogany. And Sydney, happy birthday to you both. Sagittarius. Love you both. Um, one was at a secret location somewhere in the seas. I'm not going to give her <laughs> situation out, but... One was taking a trip and with adults, and I'm assuming she had a great time. And the other was here in L.A., and we went to Maestro's in Beverly Hills for that dinner, which was fun. That was a very uh, fun night. Very fun and very dark. They don't <laughs> like you to be able to see at those restaurants. It's like the no. fancier the restaurant, the darker it is. Right. It's like, I want to see what I'm paying for. Like, I want to see <laughs> what's going on. I, I feel like... At, at, some point we're gonna have like flashlights to eat like little night lights well there is a there is a dinner concept that says eating in the dark i actually wanted to, to try that out but i'm like and they blindfold you so but my question is who's helping to assist me to put my fork to my mouth or let me know what i'm eating but there is an experience out there 
I've never heard of this. I it mean, is. It's it's one of one of the the um, vendors I follow on on social media. They sell it. I don't want to put their business out there because we're not going to pay for it. But there is an experience you can have. You can, it's called eating blind blindly or something like that. But it's a blindfolded situation, and you have a, a three to five course meal, but you're completely blindfolded i guess the thought would be since you can't see your taste buds are heightened yeah but i don't know what the fuck i'm eating well i'm <laughs> like, sure they probably go over it and explain to you what it is and it's probably like cut up i would hope cut up in bite size like for meat eaters i'm sure they won't bring a whole ass steak <laughs> it's like good luck um but yeah, right, that but is imagine like trying to get your drink like you, you again it, it is an experience to have we haven't had it. Maybe we'll try it out. We'll tell the friends of the pod how it how it was for us. But that was Sunday night. And then yeah, we had a good time. So that was the weekend. That was that was the week. That was the weekend. Now I really feel we need to jump into these hot topics because they're fucking we scalding. They listen. This week has been weaking. This week has has called the people out. Bring them out, bring them out. Let's just start with the first one. Let's start with the biggest bag fumble, and I will let you take the lead because this it talks about people in your genre of who you, who you love, which is Marvel Universe. So what happened? So actor Jonathan Majors, who was, was, emphasis on was, uh, the next protagonist in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, he played Kang the Conqueror, who was supposed to have at least the next five to seven major Marvel films based around him. Okay. Who co-starred in Loki on Disney Plus as this character and Ant-Man and the Wasp. He was found guilty of reckless assault in the third degree, a misdemeanor, and of harassment in the second degree which is a violation. The assault charges carry a maximum sentence of up to one year in jail. He will not be sentenced until February 6th. Now, he was found guilty of two of the lesser four charges that he was going up against. Right. Now, hours after he was found... One hour afterwards. One hour after he was found guilty of these two lesser charges, Marvel put out a statement that they were severing ties with Jonathan Majors and that they um, are going to still move forward with the character. But at this point, they are trying to figure out if it's going to be a variant that replaces Jonathan, basically recasting him, um, keeping the character, but recasting him by, with another actor. And if you follow the Marvel Cinematic Universe, this is probably going to be the easiest recast in history because the whole storyline of the Marvel Universe right now is you can have multiple versions of you in different universes that may or may not look exactly like you. So would it be another black actor? Oh, absolutely. It'll be another black actor. Okay. A lot of people have been throwing uh, names around. And one of the uh, most prominent names that have been thrown out is Eldis Hodge. He was actually Hawkman in oh, okay. the 
The Rock, Shazam. No, not Shazam. Uh, you Black like Adam? Black Adam. Yeah, you yes. like the movie. See, DC, I love Black Adam. DC. I'm a little rough on. I'm a Marvel. I'm a Marvel gay over here. But he was Hawkman and Black Adam. He also, if the fans out there for girlfriends, he was Lynn Searcy's brother when she found her father. The chocolate drop, that's who he's talking about. So very handsome. Very, he's already played a superhero, so he can definitely do it again. But yeah, so Jonathan, who's his current girlfriend, Maya, was making good. Was yes, hand in hand and being a good black Baby, Christian woman. Will follow the bag. Shout out to my girl. Like I love her down boots. But how is that she's always involved with these men that have titles and positions and, and different influences in life? Like I think Megan has a horrible picker. That's what's wrong with her. Is that she just with this? It has to be. She jumps on the bandwagon once the fucking tire goes flat. Like, <laughs> this is not what... I don't know what was running through her mind. Like, okay, he's facing domestic abuse allegation. So, let me date him. I think, if anything, she probably should have said, Hey, you going through something? I'm here to support from a distance. But maybe we should take a... a, a, a put this on pause. Well, now, let's talk about... Because, now, the case was has been done. He's been found guilty. So they're saying the charges was allegedly, well, I'm not going to say allegedly because it's not alleged. It's, yeah, So he had a cell phone. His girlfriend was laying on his chest. She saw a text message. She grabbed his phone. He tried to grab it back. She kept moving away and someone bopped someone in the head, which to then the driver pulled over and we saw what happened. He runs off the car and all she, chases she chases That's him. That's important. Can't forget about that. She chases him. Okay. He tried to put it back in the car. This just seemed like a regular Friday night to me. This, this don't seem like no DV type shit. It just seems like a... Again, my thing is you took his phone. You took his property and then held it from him. Give up the phone. Now, the driver said he thinks that she bopped him in the head. I don't know. We weren't there. But can we all as adults, if you are in a relationship with someone, don't grab no one's fucking personal property. That, that can cause a lot of situations. And so I always say conflicts can lead to felonies. So if we don't have conflicts, we won't have a felony. So how about you talk shit out? She could have easily asked the question, who's this bitch on your phone? Or whatever. But it led to something to now, because of his actions, have unfortunately got to the place where this has happened to him. Yeah. So I mean, it's, it's, it's unfortunate because, again, now he also... Had done some fuck nigga shit. Let's let's be clear, because he went on the rent where she recorded him. Mm-hmm. Also, again, you was someone who records you that you may want to question why am I with you? Where he talks about, you know, I need you to be like Coretta and Michelle, uh, Obama and King, to support, you know, a king like him. He as he's relating himself to the Reverend Martin Luther and our oh holy Obama. So I don't know. I think just the root, uh, uh, the roosters have come home to roost. <laughs> like it, it, it. I think it's so much more than just that night that was Probably taken so. into account. And I think the moral, the real moral of the story is just keep your fucking hands to yourself. That's it. That's A lot of simple. people are 
putting emphasis on the fact that, okay, this will teach black men to be with white women. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think okay. the moral of this story is just keep your fucking hands to yourself, regardless of who you are or how protected you think you will be or how far you've ascended career-wise, life-wise, and untouchable you think you are. Mama said, you still a nigga. And that's what it is. <laughs> Listen, you are not Johnny Depp. <laughs> you are not a, um, I don't know, uh, Charlie Sheen. You are You, you are, are not Iron Man. Man. You're not nope. Robert Downey Jr. who had nope. his own past of being extremely scandalous, yep. but still went on to be one of the most successful superheroes in the history of cinema. Yes. But you're not Johnny Depp who done some fuck boy shit. You're not again, um, you know how tiger blood. Like you're not these things. So you can't as much as we as progress has been made, let's it's America. And it is what it is. And it the the right the proof is in the pudding. The right is on the wall. They have shown you, sir, don't Step outside yourself and think you too grandiose and nigga, we will still knock you down the pen to let you know who the fuck you are. Because there's many, there have been many of actors who have done things and who have had situations and they may have lost a bag or two, but not the major bag. Yeah, no, honestly. And, and then also who have had a history of doing certain things. And they have overlooked their history and still given them chances. So now this has happened and the reverse it now it's it's you know little black boy, you, you should you should have been appreciative of your position we gave you. Mm. And you didn't you didn't do that. You fucked up. So now your whole life is gone from you now. All your money all your deals you had, everything you had that's in the works, he's losing endorsements left and right right now because of a situation that he didn't cause himself, right? So let's look at this from a different standpoint. Um, I'm not here to, to defend him or defend the woman who he had a relationship with and interaction. But I'm saying is if this all started from someone taking your property and you're trying to get your property back and now... It has become something bigger to your career is now jeopardized and you fumbled the bag. Look at the people you're dealing with. That's all I'm going to say. Now, look at the people that you're dealing with, but also look at how you conduct yourself. I think we can blame external things all we want, but at the end of the day, he assaulted someone else. It wasn't she fell on his hand. It wasn't she jumped into his hand and like, out of my eye. Because... That's the part that I'm confused about because again, the driver said she he heard he saw her hit him, and then so I I I don't know if she had again I don't know too much I'm not versed in the in the conversation of what, all the particulars what happened so let me back step because I don't want to speak about something if I don't know all the particulars so I don't want to do that but all I'm saying is. From what was put out, from what I read, was put out there. It initially started by her taking his cell phone, correct? Um, yes. So that's so I'll leave it there. Yes, but the, about- but the crazy thing is, taking someone's cell phone isn't a misdemeanor, <laughs> or it isn't. But it shouldn't have. It shouldn't happen. Period. Like, correct. Correct. That is actual, and that is factual. But you can't get prosecuted or found guilty of taking someone's cell phone. I'm just saying accountability needs to be had yes one negative doesn't 
you know, equate another negative. But when you are the one that has the most to lose, when you are the one that... Yeah, when you're the one that has the most to lose, you have to conduct but yourself not, differently. But you're not thinking about that. Because in the moment of it, and we can, I can talk from a personal experience, you're not in the moment of thinking about what I got to lose. You're in the moment of someone took my shit, I want my shit back. You're in defensive mode. And I don't, I'm not, and that, again, I don't know the particulars. I don't know if he hit her or was it bruises he hit her? Was it evidence to show that he hit her or... or or what have you? I, I don't know. Yeah, reckless. Yes, being found guilty of reckless assault. So, so I saw an attorney say reckless assault was the fact he because he pried her fingers off of his phone, off of his phone. That's why it said a, uh, it was a reckless assault. I'm just going off of what the internet was saying, but I could again. I don't want to. I don't want to dissect this to a point because again, I don't know mm-hmm. everything in, this, the in the whole situation. Uh-huh. So. I'll just leave it there. So you, you, you got my stance on it. Um, again, don't take no one's stuff. Don't put your hands on nobody. But not even. But it's just it's, it's unfortunate. That. That it's, <laughs> it's literally that. Don't touch nobody's shit. Don't touch nobody. That's it. That's it. Uh, <laughs> but it. speaking of touching bodies, touch baby, touching baby. And, and not agreeing. Whoo! So let's start from let's start from ground zero because this story has several legs to it but we're going to start from the initial point who there's an actor by the name of christian keys if you don't know who christian keys is if you ever watch tyler perry plays medea went to jail medea went somewhere he's been in in a couple of them he is also the creator of all the queen's man where he alleges that this show was created by him because of his life as a stripper and his no his wherewithal in that type of environment. So you could you could look him up on IG, um, or or if you've been on the shade room or baller alert, he's all over the place. But he goes into a hour rant of talking about him being sexually harassed by a very powerful man in Hollywood. Now he also emphasized that this is a black man. I believe he says that because again, he's only working with black artists and, and black directors and of that sort. Hmm. Now, since two thousand and eight, he's been working with Tyler Perry. I don't know any other person who was a black billionaire besides Tyler Perry. Maybe Kanye. I think Jay Z. Jay Z. Diddy. But, but the list is extremely it's a very it's very short. <laughs> short. List. Like is that short? That's how short the list is. And so, as he is telling his truth and story, so one of his stories is the fact that this alleged person who he doesn't give names to, he says that, you know, he offered him $100,000 to take his clothes off so he can see him naked. Now, he says he always kept some type of recording device, he being Christian, a recording device on his person, whether it be a pen or some type of something small where it's inconspicuous, you don't see it, where it's recording this person he's been around who is has also made in sexual windows towards him or sexual harassment to him. He also mentions the fact he went to a party at said person's house mansion and he said he was about four to six hennies in and he was, you know, head swirling, whatever. So he decided to go to the bedroom and the person said, you can sleep in the bedroom. It's no problem. You'll be safe. Low, low and behold, here comes the person 
trying to get in bed with him. And he's like, yo, what's going on? The person, oh, I'm sorry, I'm drunk, blah, blah, blah. The next day, he goes to leave. The person tries to touch his meat, meat being his dick, and apologizes twice, and he's trying to sway them away. Now, he goes on very much in detail, but he never gives a detail of who the fucking person is. Yeah. Now, people have been backlashing. People have been in the comments saying it's Tyler Perry, allegedly. People have also mentioned some other names of T.D. Jakes, allegedly, and we're going to get into how this... <laughs> Now, this story blends into another story, but first we want to talk about Christian. So, what did you think about Christian and, and his truth of telling his story, but not revealing the name? Were you more pissed off that he didn't say who it was, or irritated, or how did you see the situation? So, initially, I thought it was extremely brave of him to come forward, because being a man, a straight man at that referring to another man harassing you it can't be easy it can't be easy at all so i definitely thought it was commendable like everyone else my first reaction was okay he's definitely talking about tyler perry but how he's conducted himself in the subsequent days has really i don't want to say turned me off but it's made me okay either come forward with the information or keep that shit on the playground because at one point someone posted um something in defense of tyler perry uh based on what christian like the breadcrumbs christian left on his literally 45 minute video and christian liked that comment so everyone on the blog start running with, okay, you know, it's not Tyler. It's not Tyler. Right. Christian uh, cleared him. has basically cleared him to which he posted in the comments to one of those posts. Not accurate at all. I didn't clear in parentheses anyone. So it's like, okay, now you're just kind of playing game. <laughs> like it, it, it's like now you're just loving the attention and you're dropping nuggets and hinting and innuendos and, you know, at at this point, it's like, if you are trying to find the strength, that's one thing. Do that and then come forward with either a lawsuit or information a la Cassie. But it's like, if you're just checking the social medias to see if you're still, you know, in the news cycle and commenting, you know, uh, uh, here and there and leaving it, it, to me, it's just giving game. I want to real quick, Bobby Lights posted something Not about Ms. this. Miss Bobby, Bobby uh, injected his two cents. He said, raise your hand if you the people are tired of Chrissy Keys and his bullshit. Let's yeah. wrap this up by 12 a.m. Standard Pacific Time. Also, raise your hand if you no longer are interested in who he's talking about. We the people don't care anymore. Deal with the trauma with your lawyers, a therapist, and God. Good day. Now, see, the only problem I have with that, if, if this was a woman and doing that, would you be the same energy met with that? So I feel like we need to have the same grace with men who have been harassed as we will with, as we will with a woman. And the reason why black men and Terry Crews is, is proof of this, he's like, what I'm embarrassed to say that, yes, men have harassed me, try to grab my dick and, and do Hollywood shit. 
And if I say something, I'm looking at a punk or why you knock him out, whatever. It's like, but if I do that, then I'm looking at a monster. Or so it's like it's you. You damned if you do. You damned if you don't. I am my I am a high Christian, 110 percent of tell your truth or what your truth is. What I'm not behind is you dangling the carrot. Mm, exactly. Now, do you want to say what it is? And if if this, I need this day to come sooner than later. Because again, you you went to your live, you took to social media, which you knew as soon as you did this, it was going to go viral. You knew that was going to happen because you also you've worked with Tyler, and and we go to boom dice. Everybody know about Tyler. I'm I'm not going to say allegedly because I know someone personally who has dealt with Tyler Perry personally and know him when he was growing up. In the situation of he before he became this Tyler Perry, who he was on someone's couch and doing all the things. So I know for a personal fact that what Miss Tyler Perry do allegedly, I'll say it. Okay, <laughs> but ain't coming after us. But my thing is, if it's if you if you're not talking about TP or whoever the person you're talking about, again, lawyer up, do all these things. But if have the when it's your time to to reveal it, just reveal it because I feel like you're putting the cart before the horse if you're not going to tell us what's going on. Absolutely, I, it, it, that's what I think people are having a problem with. Not him coming forward in general. The problem that they're having is him dangling this carrot because in the initial video he kept saying, "If you guys knew who it was, your hearts would be broken." Right. Y'all just y'all just don't know this person's powerful. I didn't know if I would have money to pay for my, like he's literally building this up as if this is a season finale of your favorite show that's <laughs> going to end on a cliffhanger. Right. It's like either you are you can still speak your truth. And not name any name whatsoever. That is completely valid. And that is completely understandable. But what he did differently. Was he left a trail of breadcrumbs. Gave hints and clues. Like it was a fucking cheat code uh, magazine. From the early 2000s. Like. I don't. Just say, say their names. Yeah. Or don't. Yeah, you gotta. If you're gonna, if you, if I felt like if he was being guided by someone, okay, before you do this, send this out, make sure you're lawyered all the way up, you're secure, yes. and you have the evidence. If you go to the police with X, Y, and Z to make sure you have a solid case because that way you're not being sued for libel or what have you. Yes. So I think, and the way as he was speaking, it sounds as if he was, he, that is in the process. Because next thing we know, there now are reports that Diddy and uh, the Reverend T.D. Jakes, if you guys don't know who T.D. Jakes is. Everybody knows who T.D. Jakes is. <laughs> Some people may not know. We have a lot of listeners in different countries of all ethnicities. They might not know who T.D. Jakes is. So T.D. Jakes is a powerful black minister in, in, in L.A. Um, he is kind of... The cream of the crop, if you will, um, of ministry, especially in the in the culture, the Church of God in Christ um, realm. Just baby, baby. mega church, tithing, baby. The girls have came to say that Miss T D Jakes is a power bottom, and she has been at Puff Daddy parties doing the things and. 
Cassie has allegedly recordings and burner phones from Kim Porter, rest in peace, um, and evidence that that will implicate that Diddy and T.D. Jakes and other people have been doing a lot of things in Hollywood. Sex parties. Sex parties. Um, man on man, I don't know, girl on girl, escort on escort, what have you. But all of the things under the sun has been going down. So this is why we say uh, the first story blends into the second story because now people are also saying that Christian Keats is also, if he, once you mentioned the fact that Tyler Perry, he allegedly cleared Tyler from liking a tweet, people were saying, oh, it's T.D. Jakes. Mm -hmm. So this is now two stories kind of bleeding into one. Mm -hmm. And then Puffy is now having his own situation. And then there's another list that's going to come out. The Jeffrey uh, Epstein. Epstein list of people who went to the island. So, baby, it's all type of shit about sex trafficking, human sex trafficking, fucking power bottoming. <laughs> that's happening. happening. That people, dark seekers are, are coming to the light. And I'm here for it. Because... Listen, we're in America. We're here for the gossip. We're here for the juiciness. We're here for the salacious story. Oh, I'll be the, know all of that. I'll be the first to tell you, I love mess. Yeah. But um, there's nothing wrong with being a power bottom. Just FYI. We don't... Uh, I don't have no power. Ain't no bottom shame. We don't bottom shame in <laughs> Listen, uh, this house. As a gay man, I never fucking understood. I'm a top. I never understood dudes... Shame and bottoms. I'm like, if it wasn't for bottoms, we wouldn't have sex. What the fuck is wrong with y'all niggas? Y'all niggas is dumb as fuck. Like, how in the hell are you shaming women? Not women. Um, people supplying you uh, a supply and demand. I guess it's just like there's some straight guys, white guys who I've seen some shit that say you know um, they don't like women or 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 um, I'm gonna say the word. They say fuck cunts and whatever. Like they they hate women. It's like, well, y'all want to fuck each other? Like, how are you hating? Oh, yes. Shit. <laughs> yes. Like, I think you're supposed to be straight and women, and you're attracted to women. Why are you saying fuck cunts? That makes I, no sense to me. Like, I think what the it, fuck? I think that's what it boils down to. I guess so. But uh, yes. But back to the gay shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I never understood why people were bottom shame. That makes no sense to me. So yes, there's nothing wrong with the power bottom. TD Jakes. He looks like he can take a lot. So, hey, you know, I wasn't there at the parties. Were you there? Definitely not. But this essentially, this T.D. Jake story, essentially comes from the evidence that Cassie turned over during her lawsuit. Uh, information is coming out about it now, to which she handed over, like you said, Kim Porter's burner phone, how she had it, I don't know, as well as emails and other correspondences that in them uh, labeled... T.D. Jakes as a power bottom. Yes. And being a person that would attend these uh, Diddy Throne sex parties. So, I'm sure more information will come out about that, but... I want to know, if you, there's a clip of Jaguar White, right? Mm -hmm. She used to be part of Bad Boys Family, and she talks about... Someone asked her about the T.D. Jakes situation, and she said, if you went to a puffy party... You went for one or two reasons, either for sex or for business. Mm -hmm. And if you weren't there for business, you're there for fucking sex. So she was like, I don't know what business TDJs might have with Puffy. Yeah. <laughs> but I know the other business that, that goes on there. So, 
you know, again, if you grew up, if you grew up in LA, New York, or you knew certain people, you've heard about certain parties. There's certain artists, actors that are famous for their parties that people know about. Puffy is one of them. Jamie Foxx is another. Tom Cruise is another. Like, there's multiple people, mm-hmm. allegedly, let's have to say that to protect ourselves, that have had parties in Hollywood that, you know, listen, when the 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 lights go low, it's late in late in the hour. Hey, Professor Overby. Uh, we don't kink shame here, so do your thing. At but. all. At, this was very, we're very open-minded people for a lot of shit. But, Again, that's what's going on with the hot topics and that 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 for for the for the black community and the black gay community for the last three days, baby, have you seen the memes? The memes. Uh, Twitter has been ablaze, and actually, the day that the information about TDJX came out, Twitter crashed. So it did crash. Yeah, right? a lot of people were like, that. yeah, a lot of people were like, Lord, TDJX done <laughs> shot up a prayer and got the uh, Twitter shut down. So yeah, it was uh, my Twitter feed has been in shambles from all of the the gays were the memes. gays was like they had to go to Pornhub because I saw that on my IG like that nah, she was like what happened to Twitter like mm-hmm. or X whatever it's called yeah so so yeah so that whew, that was a lot you got that off your chest <laughs> we still got some more shit and we to talk still about. got we still got another topic that I saw um, go trending on Twitter. And I think that this will be a fabulous space since this is a gay podcast to ask this question that was, uh, stated on Twitter that went viral. So gay people without gay friends is a red flag. Now this was a post or a comment made from a Twitter user this past week, and it too set the Twitter sphere sphere in shambles because a okay. lot of people had opinions. So I am very curious to know yours, husband. Do you think gay people without gay friends is a red flag? Yes. If so, why? I want. I kind of want to know what the people say. Twitter friends, to be honest with you, but um. Yeah, what did they say first? Let's, well, let's, I mean, what is, do you not have an opinion? I do, but I, <laughs> do I, you I, not I, have I, your I, own I, opinion? I do, but I, I wanted, I want to, I want to just dive into their thought process. Well, so while I, I, while I, I, I for that because there, I'm search the reason for why, it. The reason why I, I'm asking <laughs> the question of what they say because I'm very curious to see is it do do they think that they're evil? Do they think that um, they're they're uh, I don't say condescending, but if you didn't have any gay friends, like so, are you homophobic? Like I want to see, like where does their mindset go with this? Because it's it's a fair question to ask. Um, and there's some people who you know friendships change over time, right? So I'm very interested to see other people's opinion before I give mine. That's the reason why I asked you to to kind of see what they said on the Twitterverse. Okay, well, I'm looking because I didn't have this saved. I figured we could just give our own opinion. Well, okay. I mean... Um, here's one comment. I don't have gay friends because when I try to make gay friends, they want a relationship or they cross boundaries. Okay. It becomes frustrating. Maybe it is a red flag, but I have tried. Another one says, I don't think it's really a red flag in itself. 
I don't have any gay actual friends, but sometimes it can come off as, oh, I'm not like the other gays type thing. The only thing every gay man has in common is that they're gay men. I'm not <laughs> sure how you could say that you just don't like other gay men because it's kind of stupid and immature. But it, a lot of the comments when I did read them were gays are messy uh, gays are drama. I don't deal with drama. I don't have any gay friends because of the messiness or because they want to hook up. And a lot of people, I got the consensus that they feel like having all straight friends give, it, it just makes them feel superior in a way I can, I can, I can, because I can. of that proximity to right. het. White. Yeah. <laughs> you're not like them other gays. Exactly. <laughs> you're a different type of gay. We hate fags, but you're not a, that type of fag. Okay. I hate people like that. So hearing so, the comments, what do you, right, what is so, it? So okay, so now I can give my opinion about and my and my truth of it. I don't have gay friends. What well, no let me take that back because I don't want people to get upset who listen to who are my friends. I have uh, on one hand I can count the gay friends that I have. And I, friends, meaning that like we actually talk, hang, or they don't live in the same city as me, except for one person, best friend. But um, where I can go out with you. Now, growing up, I had more gay friends. I knew more, but I was also this. That was a different. I want to say different life, but I was in the scene. I was I was out there. I was, and, but also some of those friendships fell by the wayside because they it just was superficial type of shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, or best friends from high school, what have you. Um, shit happened, a boyfriend trying to talk to me or whatever, and uh, things just happened. Life happened and ex exploded situations. I would love fucking gay male friends. I have a few that live out of state that we don't hang out because they live out of state so that's very hard so you're a friend yes but if i don't see you that often it's like well are you acquaintance you know what i'm saying like it's mm -hmm. it's so in my mind a friend a gay friend is someone i go to the bars with i hang out with i do gay shit with go on gay trips with i've done gay trips i've had gay friends it's unfortunate a lot of the gay friendships i've had have now dissipated um, for whatever reason. Uh, so I don't think it's a red flag. People not having them. I think, I think gay relationships can be beautiful, especially with, with just gay men, period, black gay men. It can be, it's something that I've longed for, for a moment, but if I don't have it, I'll be okay. But it's something I'm still interested in and, and trying to seek out for myself. Um, but to answer the question, I don't think it's a red flag. I do think some of the things that they mentioned is problematic and concerned and can contribute to why some people don't have gay friends. I do also think that a lot of gay friends start out a lot of, a lot of friends should start from a fuck buddy. Like gays, listen, we can easily go on the app now but back in the day it was online or go to a park or go to a club or whatever sex is relatively relatively available for gay men 
hook up with someone, you realize after you have the hookup, y'all wasn't really meant to be in that situation, but you develop a friendship and it can start from there. It can blossom, right? So that can happen. Um, I do dislike the gays who feel I don't have any gay friends because I, like you said, proximity to heterosexual normatives and want to be seen as different that way. I don't like them type of niggas like that because that's just like you're your poppers and pretentious and really you're probably you're probably the problem mm-hmm. of why you don't because you present whatever the way you present with people um but yeah that's just my truth i think that i honestly feel gay men should be more friendly to each other um and any setting that we have and 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 we should really be inclusive with each other um but I don't see as a if you don't have a gay friend, I don't see it as a red flag. I also feel like it may just be challenging for you to have to build a relationship with with another man that's platonic, right? Because I've been in situations where friends who we boys, right? But you want to fuck like nigga, like we're not doing that. We can go fuck another nigga, but we ain't fucking each other. Like I, I've been in situations like that before. I've been mm-hmm. in situ- situations where oh, we're doing the frat bro shit, but it's like low key, you want me to fuck you? It's like well. Let's get that out the way because that's not going to happen. Or if it does happen and it fucks up the friendships. Like, I've been in all these scenarios before in my life. Mm. So, and it's unfortunate, it's unfortunate because I really have had some true, meaningful gay male friendships and bonding. I wished that continued to my adulthood to this present life I have now. And it hasn't. And that makes me sad. I mean, besides my best friend, Santos, uh, my brother. Um, Shout out, boo, hey. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Besides him, like, there's really no other friendships. I mean, I've had one, but uh, again, we're now maybe acquaintances. It's, it's changing. Mm. But he he's a solid. I know for a fact that that's never going nowhere. Like, that's my nigga to the end of life. You know what I'm saying? Um. So, yeah. What say you? Um, I don't think that it's a red flag because every situation and circumstance is different. Not everyone lives on the coast where there is a gay neighborhood and a gay club on every corner the way that we do here in Los Angeles and people do in New York. If you're in, you know, Idaho, it's you're typically the only gay outcast growing up in school and you don't really find your tribe until college and that's if you're lucky enough to get out of your small town or what have you so i don't think you know people with no gay friend gay people with no gay friends is a red flag i think what is a red flag though are like you said the people the gay people that specifically refuse to befriend other gay people uh, because I think that there has to be something wrong with you to not want to surround yourself or at least be acquainted with someone that is like you, right. that shares like experience experiences. Whether you're a black person with no black friends, a Mexican person with no Mexican friends, or a woman with no female friends. <laughs> you know, right. that's like, that kind of became synonymous. Like, I, women saying, I don't do females because I'm just, it's like, okay, well, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> um, but again, it's the same with gays that are like, no, I don't do gays. Now, me personally, I don't have any gay male close friends. Um, much like you, I've had my fair share of 
gay male friends and acquaintances over the years, but none that I'm close with. My close tribe is actually all surrounded with you and women. Uh, but for me, I'm fine with that because my needs are met, right? Like I don't, I don't need a specific type. I don't have friends that fit into categories that I need filled. It's like I have, you know, my chocolate friend. I have my light skin friend. I have my Mexican friend. Now all I need on my mantle is a gate. No, I'm not like that. If, you know, we vibe, I feel like my best self with you, regardless of your sex orientation, how you identify, how you were born, how you look, then you are a part of my tribe. And I just haven't found... And I won't say found because I'm not looking, but I haven't, you know, had anyone come into my life that is a gay male that makes me feel that way, that I am or at least close in proximity with. Like you said, for whatever reason, all the gay folks we be meeting live states, <laughs> live hours and miles away. Right. But, you know, if it does happen if you know my next career or my next job you know i do have a, a gay work bestie that translate to a, a real life bestie i'm completely open and excited about that idea i just think that it is a red flag if i was you know shut off to that possibility yeah. which i think a lot of unfortunately gay men are yeah and, and in fact and, I, and i've been in situations where you know um a brotherhood, you know, right now the brotherhood is kind of uh, dismantled, if you will. The four horsemen, if you will. That's what we call ourselves. Um, for whatever reason, things have happened and, and relationships have changed with different people. It was, it was four of us, again, and primarily they all lived in Houston besides myself. So, but... Even in that, it was like, okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm still cool with, with one, mad cool with one, and still talk to the other two. was like, okay, well, it's here and there, here and this, whatever. But, you know, it's, I've seen the beauty of what it could be of, of having gay male friends. And it's just unfortunate. It's like, you know, for me, I would want some, I need, I need a circle here in LA. You know what I'm saying? I need, I need that type of, dynamic and it's like and you know i've i've met we met like i said we met people out before mm. what have you i'm at the point this like listen i go out by myself and have a good time i'm going to gay cruise by my fucking self i've been on this will be the third gay cruise by myself and met people and what have you you know what i'm saying so i just feel like that's something that has always been something to to i've looked for but i'm not going to be mad if I don't find it. That, that makes sense what I'm saying? Completely. And also, and but to answer the question that you generally ask was about, is there a red flag? I don't think it's a red flag. I think things happen and like the things that you mentioned, things I mentioned, can be the reasons why some people don't have, you know, gay male friends. So, but friends out there, tell us what you think. Go to our IG page at Oh That's My Gay Friend and let us know in the comments if you think that not having any gay friends, if you are, if you identify as gay, queer, whatever you want to say, is problematic or a red flag. Put some flags up in the comments. Let us know how you guys feel about it, okay? So, we have our Have You Ever Wondered Why? And this is a good question I have. 
And I want I definitely want to know your thoughts because I have a very strong opinion about this. But have you ever wondered why families put stipulations on inheritance? Inheritance. So case in point being, um, Guy Ferreira. So we got we all know who Guy Ferreira is, right? He's done the what's the, what's the show, The Road, uh, Diners, Diners Drive-ins, and Dives on there the Food Network. He's the he's the white guy with the blonde bleach, um, two thousand one in sync spike here. Yes. Okay, we all know who Guy is. He eats all the good food. He's made millions of dollars. Like his net worth is something so crazy that um. He said basically that his children will not inherit his seventy million dollar net worth unless they have two degrees, two either a master, so a graduate degree, so an undergraduate plus a graduate degree. So he is saying that that's his stipulations. His three sons, so two sons he has, plus he's raising his sister's son who passed away. Um, so his three boys. He's saying until they produce two degrees, they will not inherit his $70 million. I want to ask you, how do you feel about that? Do you think his stipulation that he's putting on um, is warranted or not? I think it's fabulous. I think it's smart. I think it encourages the boys to have something to fall back on other than guys' money. Because money doesn't last forever. Money isn't always around. Everything is liquid. You can have it all and lose it all. Yep. Uh, Gilded Age style. <laughs> so I think, shout out to Gilded Age. If you're missing it, you're missing out. But I think that a lot of people should, that have inheritance, that have fortunes that can be passed on after they die, should implement this and expect more from their children other than just living <laughs> other than just living right. like because you know if if you grow up knowing that your parent is a multimillionaire and you're eventually going to become a multimillionaire off of the sheer basis of just existing can you imagine how entitled how gross how pretentious exactly. how bad of a human being you can be yes. not saying everyone that are trust fund babies are but it's real easy to become a not so great version of yourself when you have an entire empire handed to you just for breathing it's a slippery slope it's a very slippery slope so i think that this encourages you know stick withness in the boys higher education so they can make a life and a career for their own for their for themselves which in return will build their confidence it will make them more upstanding citizens because right. you know they understand what it takes to work hard and to get rewarded with a degree after you know putting in four eight years yeah, I, I totally agree. I'm surprised you agree with that because I thought you were going to say something way different from what you said. No. So, um, yes, I am all about that. Put that in my will. Put that in my trust. Our kids, y'all ain't getting no money until there are two degrees. Yeah, until so you, you can show me you can earn money. <laughs> money. You getting shit. Yeah, show me you can earn money before I give you money. Yeah, because I worked hard for this. This shit was worked hard for in this life. And so I'm just not handing you no shit. You need to 
earn. And someone had mentioned the fact, oh, well, his kids, you know, um, on TMZ was like, oh, well, why have his kids struggle and then have a debt and blah, blah, blah. So his kids aren't going to have fucking debt. No. That college is paid for. You're just yeah. saying, show me again. You have the ethic. To, you, you, are, you have the ethics. What yes. am I saying? Um, to do something to be your own individual person mm. and not just like you said, based off of my what I've I've gained and earned, and you think you're gonna live off of that? Like, no. Show yourself, show yourself as, as an individual, as a man. Work hard for something and solidify your place in life. Yes. And what you have is great. You have an inheritance that's fucking amazing and great. But just again, you said money. It, money's not always gonna be there. You have something to fall back on. Yeah. I, for me, it's teaching self-reliance when you go to school when you have to do these things in life you, it's, it makes you a better it makes you a better person now college isn't for everyone so i would say even okay you don't want to go to college learn a trade do yeah. something but have do a something. skill set have something that you're you're not just basing your life off the money that i worked hard for to gain for our family so that's so that's what i say so i concur with guy all day friends let us know what you think about guy forever his thought process with as it comes to money inheritance and um we're going to take a break and come back with the reality roundup brb All right, guys, we are back with the reality roundup, and we are starting with The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Did you think it was so cute when we opened up seeing Crystal and her daughter in the backyard on the balance beam and trying to get her Simone Biles on? I thought it was nice just seeing Crystal speak this season. <laughs> it, the moments have been far and few between, so whenever she can say something and the production isn't editing out her scenes i think you know go crystal it's a but this episode is a very heavy crystal focus um well episode. it's a very crystal inspired i don't know if it's crystal focused <laughs> but she is very you know and the essence of crystal oh, crystal is there. yes yes it's there all right so you guys so we start out with um garcella and her boys just shooting the shit and then we moved on to eric and jane and her promo shoot for her bet it all on blonde in Vegas. I'm remiss that we haven't seen that as of yet. I hope it continues. I did hasn't ended yet. I, I think that she is done this year, okay. but it will come back next year. But I have a feeling, even if we don't make this run, I feel like she will be back in some iteration. Because I want to see it because we've seen her at prior before. She put on a good show. She put on a fabulous she put show. On a good actually. Show. It was I think we even said it on the podcast. It was Lil Kim meets Britney Spears. Yes. It was very, <laughs> very good. So very good. we'd love to see her and her visuals. We also see that um Sunny goes to one of our favorite places, Lobo Him, for a date with a bachelor and I think that this man was a closet homosexual. As you typically do. But, but I'm always right when I give that sense of me saying that, but continue on. But this date was definitely not one where Sutton felt the vibes. The gentleman was very chatty. He was a chatty Kathy. He was very chatty Kathy. And chatty about his mama. 
every and mother and when i take mother yeah it was mother it was a very um not sexy conversation that no. he was having with her and you can see it all over sutton's face they left amicably she he complimented her on her sneakers now mind you and this is a man of of a particular age i'll i'll give him 65 maybe and older but we move on from that because Kyle is hosting the girls at her house and she's hosting our new She's not our fave yet. Which she's far from my out. fucking fave. The jury <laughs> No, the jury's in. The verdict just came in for me and it said guilty. <laughs> on Anne Marie. The verdict like, is in well, for I'm, me. I'm liking some of the, the things she's saying, she's giving some of the, some insight. I'm I'm appreciative of that. We see Cal hosts this big ass fucking variety of of different um, charcuterie boards with Dorit coming into the home, and they start to gossip and talk about the things. And so Cal lets the girls know that hey, you know my new uh, bestie is it Megan? What's the what's the the country girl singer name? Oh, I think it's Megan or, or something like that. Yeah, let's whatever. say y'all yeah. know who we're talking about. The girl Cal is um, in a lesbian relationship. <laughs> Having relations with, um, according to Pay Six, Kyle lets the girls know that she allowed her to tattoo her and put yes. a K on her body. And to Dorit's surprise, like, wait, what? Like, hold on. You've been friends with this friend, this girl, for what, a year or two? And I've been friends with you for seven years, and you don't have a D on your body. So why would you put a K on her body? Which kind of led to some speculation. So what did you think Dorit was kind of alluding to? With the observation, that uh, she jealous, <laughs> like that. To me, that's what this scene boiled down to, and also in Dorit's sly way that maybe Kyle's relationship with Morgan Wade, Morgan, yeah, with Morgan Wade. I don't know why her whole name uh, popped up in my head. Uh, her relationship with Morgan Wade may be a little bit more than just a friendly friendship. Listen, when the cocktails start to flowing. But in but to Dorit's point, I don't have any of my friends' initials tattooed on me, and vice At versa. <laughs> and I never would. But did you have a situation where you had a best friend that you wanted? I buddies? wouldn't say best, but I did have a friend <laughs> who I was close with, and she wanted us to get matching tattoos, not matching, okay, initials. Matching tattoos, okay. <laughs> not, not each other's initials. I knew it was something. But she wanted us to get matching tattoos, to which I did not, and I'm desperately <laughs> thankful that i did not because that is someone i had to nip in the fucking butt but we move on we move on <laughs> and we see that garcelle has met up with erica which listen prior to erica telling her garcelle's son jacks who could be an asshole to shut the fuck up no go take the, the flowers yeah, go fuck away they had a beautiful friendship. They they were kiki girls. I felt like when Garcelle came onto the scene, Erica was like, "Bitch, you get it." Yeah, like, she was happy. Oh, it's a black woman here. Yeah, I, like because that, Erica was like, "That's this is my bad. This is yes, my people. It's her wheel circle." You can tell. Yes. in essence, Erica is one of those white girls that's way more comfortable around black people. Yes, <laughs> she's like Period. my people. My people. Yes, and so she and is not not trying to appropriate, but just she's just her. She just feels just like. I can be me, and it's no judgment. Yeah, she can pass the It's no push. education that has to happen. Like, yes, I'm yes. like, Garcelle had to educate Dorit. We'll talk about later. And so, it was nice to see, once they had, they, their beef is over now, and they said, they came to a restaurant, who we love in LA, it's Beverly Hills. It's a key spot. 
And they come and have cocktails. And, Eric, and uh, Garcelle says, listen, I have a surprise guest. Well, who pops in is fucking Sutton. And this was a girl's girl's moment. It was so refreshing. It was really nice because Erica and Sutton like each other. They speak that Sutton Twain shit. They understand the pleasantries, but also the cattiness that comes with that. Mm-hmm. And Garcelle's here for the mess. Garcelle likes messy shit, but yeah. she wants to be in it. But she also likes a good time. And I feel mm-hmm. like Garcelle's a girl's girl. They're all the girls' girls. And they just, it was nice to see them kicking in. Ordering 15 cocktails a piece. I think that this scene epitomizes what is missing in other franchises right now. Yeah. Specifically Potomac. We'll get to that later. About how women from different cliques of the cast can come together and still enjoy each other. You can tell at the end of the day, all these women enjoy each other. It's not like, okay, you're on that side. I fucking hate you and I don't want to film with you. It's like they all, literally all three of them at some point have had issues with one another. But they can come together and literally talk about nothing. And also talk about the fact that why Denise Richards was upset with Erica because of the comment of Erica saying, you know, if you're, if, uh, in 2019 at the party, Denise House, and Erica basically said, you know, if her kids haven't done a threesome, they know that if they haven't heard about it, they've probably done one already. Yes. And oh, so when she said kids, so she wasn't saying Denise's kids, but so Denise took offense to that. We come to find out later on, but they they cut back to that scene in 2019 um, because Erica's like, listen, I don't want a problem with nobody. Like, I'm on a new page. Erica has been telling people. She's been telling the motherfuckers like. I'm a new bitch. I ain't a killer, but don't push me. I don't want no issues. I want to live and love a life. I've moved on. I have zen. I'm drinking my martinis. I'm off the pills. Yes. Let me be. But no. (laughs) These hoes in Beverly Hills aren't listening because (laughs) as we come to find out later on, because Crystal has a Taco Tuesday party at her house where she invites a lot. She invites all the ladies, but her own crew as well. Which I'm surprised that she has friends because it was rumored that Crystal lost a, a girl group, a girl group of friends, of fourteen ladies. Yes, yeah, specifically fourteen ladies yeah. that I believe it was Dorit that brought back up. She was like, "I was surprised to seeing these women." Well, of course, minus the fourteen, but right, and because the, the ladies pulled a quad on on Dorit on Crystal. We'll talk about that. It's all gonna make sense later, baby. We talk about marriage minutes, and they don't, they pulled. They said, "Crystal, you were dismissed." Like they they told the Quad. fourteen women. Yes, yes. So one of the faces that we see at the party from Crystal's girl squad is Nia Renee Hill, who is Bill Burr's wife. Who we love, Bill Burr. I, he's one of my favorite comedians. He is a comedian, funny white guy who is married to a beautiful black woman. We see. Uh, in braids at Crystal's home. And when I tell you, real quick, I just have to say this defund Anne Marie and give her diamond <laughs> to Nia. Because this woman, she, what I found so refreshing about Nia, she commanded every scene she was in by being her. She didn't yeah. come for any established housewife, which Anne Marie is currently doing, and the other new bitch on Potomac is currently doing. 
You, when you're new, you don't need to try and come for a top dog to make a name for yourself. Yeah. You can literally just enter a room and have a conversation. And that's what she did. And so Bill Burr also he has um, a show on Netflix. F is for family. Yes. Or, or no, is it F no. is for Frank. F is for family. You were right. F is for family. Amazing show. He's a great fucking comedian. You would never think he has a black wife, but it, they it just works so well. But yeah, she was a breath of fresh air. Um. And Crystal's Girl Gang was is really cute, and yeah. they had a, a array of different food and, and meats and tacos, and you see Crystal in a different light. You see her happy, smiling, and laughing. I think also we are we bypassed her eating disorder. Yeah, because I think that's not a part of her story anymore. But I think she's also she looks healthy. I um, said that yes, because much, she looks much, healthy, much. she yes. looks happy. She has a little weight on her a little bit, and but she's just in a good good headspace, and. She's hosting this party, which was great, and I have to give it to Dorit. Now, I know Dorit, we love her as a blonde, but this color she has on now and what she's wearing, she looks like Regina George. She's just gorgeous. She looks, Dorit has always been one of my faves for fashion down. Oh, yeah, you can't deny her fashion game. But just this episode, she looks amazingly great. Oh, no, but, she was beat. She This was like the glam squad beat. Hair, hair laid, tussle, barrel curls. Face was beat to an inch of its life. She looked absolutely yeah. fabulous. This is the gay is giving. This is the gay podcast that y'all want. Okay, so we're giving you the shit that y'all want from us. But I will say the shit started <laughs> when... Was it Erica who disclosed that Sutton had kissed her driver? It okay. So no. So Erica mentioned that they went to meet up for cocktails, mm-hmm. and then that's how it came. It was Erica mentioned that her Garcelle and Sutton met up for cocktails, and there was like, "Well, where was my invite?" Yeah, and she felt away about that, and likely now I would say Shay Erica was like, "Yeah," and Dorit made out with her, no, not Dorit. Sutton made out with her driver. Yes. Now, how do you feel about that coming up, that being broadcast in in a room of the ladies who they may not know who Sudden is and her Sudden-isms? But see, when Erica brought that up, it was with an earshot of only the main girls. Okay. So it wasn't with the random crystal bitches. It was when Dorit brought it up. That's when she was in mixed company with... You know, new friends, old friends, everybody. And she tried to weaponize it against Sutton as a comeback to what Sutton was saying to her. So, when Erica brought the information up, and it was... It it, it was weaponized when Dorit did it, and it wasn't when Erica did it. It was in jest and being light and flippant amongst, you know, your girls. Like, and this bitch did this. And, you know, it was funny, and they moved on. It was so much so weaponized when Dorit did it that Garcelle chimed in and was like, hold up, hold up. I feel like you're yes. using this against her in this public forum with people that don't know Sutton, don't know you. So, of course, they're going to think what they want to think. Right. And so to the point of where uh, Dorit is like, well, Garcelle, like, hold on, like. I didn't try to do that with her. I'm just saying, like, we, we're going back and forth. She said something to me about something. I said something to her about um, her and the driver. So it, what it stemmed from, because at this point, it's a really big game of telephone that's kind of getting confusing. But essentially, 
it happened because someone is insinuating that Sutton has a drinking problem. And it was allegedly uh, Dorit that told Crystal and then Crystal told Sutton. So now Sutton's coming to Dorit and saying, why did you do this? And Sutton's like, I, I or not Sutton, but Dorit is like, I didn't do anything. And well, what about you kissing your driver? You know, so now it's trying to they're trying to weaponize each other's shit so Sutton is like okay why are you telling people I have a drinking problem and Dorit is like oh well why are you making out with your driver so it just got messy real fast um they did, to the point where Dorit feels she felt that my Garcelle responded to her she felt she was attacking her because she's like well why was it okay for Erica to sit to say that Dorit that Sutton made out with her driver, but I say it's a problem. So now this is a this was a learning moment for everyone watching, and also for the ladies who were in the room, who are predominantly white, two black women, two Asians, everybody else is Caucasian, to the point where Garcelle is like, wait, hold on, attacking you? Like, wait a minute, like, what do you mean by that? And so Sutton's like, yes, I feel like you're attacking me, to the point. Garcia has to basically say, this is your privilege coming out right now. Like, yes. because I'm not, like, you have to use your words wisely when you're talking. To me. And so, Dorit's like, what does that mean? Like, so then Dorit goes and apologize about it. And I love the fact she did apologize. She's like, I don't, and she was like, it came as a friend. Tell me what you're talking about. I don't know what, yes. if I said yes. something to you, let me know. Tell me what words to use. Which to the point where Garcia's like, I'm not here to educate you. And I, which I felt I understood why she said that, and I'm like, okay, but at the same time, I'm like, if this is your friend, but clearly you're not friends, you could have took them and said, let's just, just know you say certain words, you can't say that. So where it took Erica to step in and say, you can't say that to a black woman because it's a different connotation when you say attack. Which it does. But I, I honestly, but, <laughs> who I feel like the movie, um, We, Where We Live? No, where what's the movie uh, we watched on Netflix? We leave the world behind. Leave the world behind. Let's <laughs> see where we live, right? But where I feel like I want to protect Dorit, like, well, she was just trying to ask a question, but it's like, no, she still has to understand, like, outside of Dorit's world, like, you can't. There's certain things you have to be cognizant about. And I would buy that if this hasn't happened before multiple seasons. <laughs> like, it's always like Dorit has yelled in Garcelle's face at a reunion. She's specifically tried to come for Garcelle at a dinner party when they were all outside. And, and like, Dorit has a history of doing this. And it's history like, if you... One. What exactly? Using either words, using phrases, or using tones that are inappropriate towards Garcelle. And it, she has been educated and told about herself before. So it's like, if you have to constantly educate someone on the same type of shit multiple times, it's not that they are incapable of learning. It's just that they just don't give a fuck. But see, I, I, I don't agree with that. I think that I, this is just me looking at this holistically. I think the reader's like, I'm not seeing your color. And, it's, and I know that can be bad. But it's not saying I don't see you as a black woman. It's just saying the reason, like, I'm just across the board. This is my vocab. This is my vocabulary across the board. I would say to Erica, "You're attacking me." I would say to, "Why are you attacking me?" So I think that 
us as black people, sometimes we can't be hypersensitive to shit. I'm not sitting here and saying that this is what this is, but I feel like because the counterpart people, people don't want to be racist. People don't want to say racist shit to people and make you feel out of out of place, or out of out of character, what have you. I just think the reach like, well, what the fuck am I saying? Like, I just said attack. Like, I feel like you're attacking me, as if I would say to anyone else, like to Kyle. She said, like, why are you attacking me right now? Where they don't, they don't look at it as it's a racial thing, and just look at I'm talking to my friend. So that's the only grace I would. I, that's that's why I'm giving grace to this conversation because I feel like honestly, I don't think Doree has a, a from what she displays on TV and who we know of, of her. I don't think she has a racist bone in her. I just think she's talking. I think she talks across the board with everyone. That makes sense. What I'm saying? Yeah. So that's that's how I see that. But I think just I think Garcelle was hypersensitive to some shit because she also has had some shit with the early in Vegas. That's why I think her response was the way it was. Which absolutely could be true. You are more hypersensitive to people and individuals that you feel don't have your best intentions at heart. Right. Um. Like you, it's harder to extend grace to people that you think are your ops. And I think that's what it comes down to. Uh, but this moment in particular, I think it was one of the best moments of the season. It because was. Dorit immediately pivoted and was like, what's over there? <laughs> she said, well, Denise, what about your beef with Erica? <laughs> she, uh, well, no, no. Before that, she went to Crystal. Yes, that's she right. Went to she went to Crystal first. and was like, okay, I need to know why you telling Sutton that I... Uh, you put a vodka in your coffee. Crystal chewed her ass up. And so first, Garcelle chewed her up. And she said, okay, well, let me pivot a little to the left. Crystal chewed her ass up and she said, well, you know what? The night's still young. Let me pivot even more to the left. And then she said, Denise, uh, I heard, what about your beef with Erica? And go. <laughs> and that's why I love Dorit. Dorit can do no wrong of eyes. I'm sorry. That bitch was like, listen, all right, you got me on this one. I'm going to try to explain. Fuck it. Let's go all the way she in. Said, well, you go all the way she in said, right well, now. you got me here. So <laughs> Dorit me. saw that she had an audience. Yes. And that bitch went. Yes. And she went. Now, she, uh, is she too like Erica as a show girl? She, is. she went into show mode right, well, let's go. and she was a producer's wet dream i know the producers <laughs> were in the little tent fucking dicks hard like yes, yes dory bring it all up but when it eventually fell flat because denise was like honey you're starting shit don't bring it this way it was like well i think i'm gonna go <laughs> she was like, i think i've had enough yeah, she was like ah, <laughs> goodbye everyone <laughs> but baby listen so it, that started the conversation with Denise and Erica, and Honey. Erica was like, "Listen, I apologize to you. You asked, you you went to her house. You said X, Y, and Z. I said I was sorry. Why you want to do this? So, and so, and you know, I love me and Denise Richards. I love oh, Denise. Who doesn't boots. love Denise Richards? But but baby, to our heterosexual friends out there." Who are unaware of what the term reading is when we say, ooh, she was read or she got read to filth. So a prime example of reading is what Erica Jane did, did to Denise. To Denise Richards. Baby. She read her into the fucking sofa. Down. <laughs> she read her oh. eyes the fuck. She read her back to the fucking wild things. And <laughs> she, she, and so as we see Denise, as we see Dorit leave and she's hugging Erica, it's like Erica's like, no, give me a hug. Let me Dorit's like, I'm I'm time to go. 
so Denise is like, all right, let's 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 do it. Let's let's do the shit. And Erica's like, I'm putting on my lip gloss. Like, girl, I don't want this with you right now. You don't want this. She was very but calm now, and collected. She was very Erica was calm. Erica's like, I've been telling y'all bitches, <laughs> leave me alone. I don't want to do this with y'all. I gave up arguing for a lint. We back on in BH. I want to live. I have a show coming up. But they said no. Denise was like, no, bitch. I'm going to come for you. So then Erica proceeds to say, okay. So while you was at this bitch house, <laughs> you said blah, blah, blah. And basically ran her ass down for filth. She basically says, listen, you didn't want to stop messing with me. So now since you woke me the fuck up. Yeah. Now I'm fucking going there with She you. literally told Denise, you wanted this. Jesus, like, no, no, I, you wanted this. Like, no, you want this. And so the the read down boots was basically, she was like, you know, so who OnlyFans, so, so Denise mentions the fact that you mentioned my daughter and the orgy and having a threesome or whatever. Uh-huh. And she, that's my kid. And Denise was like, I'm just saying, like, they have known what it was like why are you, why are you yes. playing Eric said like why are you playing with me right now but Eric goes to the point and say well who's more lucrative in the OnlyFans you or your daughter yeah you or Sammy <laughs> and all we see is Kim Richards just looking from side to side <laughs> sipping her cock or sipping her drink like well bitch I wasn't ready for that. And I was not. They show everyone's faces just mouth agape. And Kim was looking like she's at a tennis match like, well, who going, who's volleying now? Like, it was, it's so epic and it's the last two minutes of the episode. So, friends out there, if you haven't watched it, if you don't want to watch all this shit, just go pull it up on On Demand. Last two minutes of the episode. It's fucking great. It's hilarious. And it's the best read. Hands down, a 2023. It, it really was. And the fact that she delivered the line like Diane Sawyer genuinely inquisitive during an interview made it even better yeah but i mean we have to we have other shows we have other shows we, <laughs> we, have, have we, we can talk shows. about this all day but we, we have, have, have to move on we have to, to move on we're housewives of potomac which was nothing um so that's why we took so much time up for beverly hills yes because potomac they're still in austin and for reasons i don't understand it's not that much to do in austin yeah they're in austin and and so we know that it's karen's 60th birthday but she said what 20 times three her triple 20 triple 20 just own the mama you look great it's you're 60 years old uh we pick up with Robin crying in the in the limousine because of the allegations the ladies say about Juan Dixon and the fact that Juan has been fired for a possible Title IX situation. And so Robin's letting the ladies know, like, listen, that's not what happened. Like Juan is protected by the university. So he wasn't fired behind that. He he reported what he needs to report. Everyone knows this, but Robin was in her feels about the situation. She felt like she wasn't supported, which also then led to Candace crying, as we see in the episode, and feeling like Robin attacks her. And it's just a lot of mishaps as they go to this chicken chicken shit bingo as they're sitting there talking about what happened. And of course, now we have all of the ladies present, and we have, you know, the Green Eye Bandits together. 
And Giselle's trying to find out information about what's going on. Of course, Mia puts her two cents in. So then Candace has, you know, the chocolate rah-rah squad, her and Wendy, backing each other up to defend Candace's position. And it was just a lot that happened. If you guys watch this, you guys know that Candace busts out with the crease, Chris napkin for the eye. And I feel that Candace napkin should be in the Smithsonian Museum. <laughs> because that napkin, it doesn't matter where the fuck she's at, she's gonna get a piece, if it's a napkin, she's gonna fold it to a crips and dab that little eye, eye drop. So what do you think about what happened with the ladies? I mean, I, I don't have much to say. This was a filler episode in general. Really uh, shout out to Karen being 60. I think Giselle is disgusting because you making up a story <laughs> and receiving backlash based on the story you made up and wanting to be the victim is laughable. We didn't get to that point. Oh. So basically, Giselle lets Karen know as as they move on from the chick or chicken chip bingo that there would never be a resolve between her and Candace, Giselle and Candace, because Giselle received death threats and her daughters received death threats because of people feeling she was a colorist and that um, she weaponized her, her platform to bring Candace down and, and her privilege of being a light-skinned woman and all type of things of that sort. And so basically telling uh, Karen, stop trying to force this. this it's not going to happen. We can be around each other and don't talk to each other, and that's fine. Um, that was a takeaway. I think the takeaway from this episode was nothing was really resolved. Um, we see Robin trying to be held accountable for things, and she has emotion behind her husband. And she's gonna she's gonna stand by her husband ten toes down. And I appreciate that as someone's husband to have my back. The way, I want you to have my back the way Robin got Wands back. Um, but yeah, that's it. So we also, the ladies do a kayak situation and it was just boring. This was a very much a filler episode. We're this dedicating a lot of time to nothing. Yeah, it was, it really was. Cause it was, there wasn't, nothing moved the needle. It, nothing it, moved yeah, the needle it was, away. It's nothing. It, like I said, it was a filler episode. There's nothing really to dissect and discuss. Only thing that, to dissect is the fact that around... Karen's birthday, there's always some bullshit. Last year, it was Wendy and me in Miami, and we had to the drink on Wendy. Yeah. This year, it's uh, Robin and Candace crying in the car. So, what we learned from this episode is, don't go on a trip around Karen's birthday. There you go. The end. That's what we have. So, moving on to Married to Medicine. Okay. Baby. Now, this... Now, this... I'm waking up uh, now for this. <laughs> you, because you, there you is... Now? There is some drama on scene with the show and some drama behind the scenes. So we can it's start. drama behind the scenes. There's a lot of drama behind the really? scenes, actually. But you can talk about what is well, happening on air first, and then I'll come. So we with. pick up with the ladies. We pick up back. They are in Stilla Napa for Toya's uh, wine tasting and opportunity with Kendall Jackson wine, which. I'm not a big fan of Kendall Jackson. It's not. It's not that wine to me. It's okay. cute, but it's 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 a low tier situation, if you will. But the ladies all meet. They still have a dinner, and they um, 
resolve their dinner and Qua, they all leave. Qua goes to her quarters. But the four OGs plus Phaedra go back to Toya's room, Toya and Simone's room, and they have a conversation. And they basically took a covenant vote. Basically, it was like, we don't feel like Qua need to be here. Because mm-hmm. they don't feel an emotional connection to her. So they summon Qua back to come to Toya's room and have a conversation. And Qua does that. She comes. And they let her know, like, listen, um, you feel like you don't have an emotional connection with us. And we don't feel like there's one here also. So we're going to ask you to leave. And Qua is better than, she's better than me. Because I would have ransacked that whole motherfucking room. I would have turned shit up upside down, and because I would, I've been a bitch that's been here from the fucking day one, and y'all all do some fuck nigga shit. But because you want to gang up on me and push me out like Mariah, and you got Phaedra here, you want so you want this bitch here besides me, because Phaedra does gives nothing to this show. Phaedra does not. Phaedra is here because Andy Cohen dick was so hard for Phaedra. He wanted to put her on, back on TV on Bravo. Can we can we gonna talk or we're not gonna talk about it? I mean, yes, we've said this before. So Phaedra being in the scene means nothing is 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 really laughable. The fact that Quad is sitting here telling telling the ladies, like, listen, I thought we were moving past something, we were sisterhood, and all of the ladies just basically looking like, Well, we know we're done with you, so you can leave. They basically pulled a a Shawnee O'Neill. Thank you for your services. Yes. And so Quad left the next day. And I, I I feel like I was done after the after Quad left. I'm like, this is some bullshit. If this is supposed to be your sister and, and your friend, all these type of things of the sort, you guys could have figured this out. But you didn't want to figure this out. Yeah. That's how I feel about it. You, you don't want to because you felt hurt by her not apologizing for her shit. And she's telling you, well, I was hurt too. And it, it it do it takes two people to tango, but you can't sit here and say Quad did. Every, it was all Quad's fault. Because for the life of me and you, what did Quad do? Yeah. Why she? Do you know what she did? Um. No. We uh, like we said last week about this very same issue, and I came with my theory about how the girls are doing exactly what they did to Mariah because Mariah became the star, the front runner, the face of the franchise, and. Now that Mariah's gone, that was passed on to Quad. And she was the big personality. The scene stealer is what Quad is. And I think that all the girls had a problem with that. And they came together and, you know, voted her off the island, which is unfortunate. I don't know why they couldn't extend her the grace, as you mentioned earlier, that they would want for themselves. But, yeah, this was just an unfortunate situation. I wouldn't have wanted to see anyone, and especially a cast member that has been around since the beginning. Yeah, not quite. And and then, the only other important thing that happened, and I would say this was a big moment, was um, the AKs, uh, Jackie and our Madam Vice President Kamala Harris, had a Zoom call where they talked about black women uh, mortality and, and birth uh, me, uh, during childbirth. Mm-hmm. And so that was really important. So I feel like that 
that was overshadowed by the situation with Quad. I honestly feel like they, mm-hmm. they should have that a different situation. Right. It should have been a different episode. It should have been a different episode because now people have missed them because I was turned off. When you, you say Kawhi home, I was going to turn the shit off. But I, I'm like, we, we have friends who yeah. watch the show. We have to talk about it. But that was a very good moment for Dr. Jackie. Um, and to see Madam Vice President Kamala Harris on Bravo was was very interesting to to, um, to note, and the fact that the concerns and so hopefully Jackie is working with uh, Vi- Madam Vice President Kamala Harris to address that because that is a big thing in our community: black women who are passing away during childbirth. Absolutely. So, but beyond that. That was it for the show. So what happened behind the scenes? Well, speaking of childbirth, I think that this episode really showed the women's cards and who they truly are as individuals. Because one of the doctors is in her takedown era. Takedown? What do you mean takedown? People are coming for Dr. Jackie. I heard about that. So... I think this episode and her really playing because you know for the most part these past years since the show's been in has been into existence Dr. Jackie has always kind of soared above the drama and she's always been really the anchor and the voice of reason for the show Correct. when everyone is else having their shit Dr. Jackie stays out of it Correct. or she'll provide her two cents and her two cents is usually like we sisters come together let's be whatever but I think this season we've seen exactly how messy from a distance she is. How AKA she can be. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's not. <laughs> let's uh, not. To our friends that are AKAs, he did mean it. But they, they know I love you. I love you, AKAs, but y'all know how y'all can be. But I think this season more so we've seen how maybe she's not so far removed yes. from the drama, but maybe she's just been a bit cleaner with it, a la Elisa Vanderpump. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, her saying, you know, when Phaedra reached out to her and was like, do you want to share a room with Quad? And her saying no with a bunch of O's and basically being complicit with everyone else in their booting of Mariah, uh, of Quad. Sorry. Even to the point where Heavenly was like, Jackie said, fuck no, she's using you and all that. Exactly. But Jackie said nothing. She was on camera. Nothing on camera. Oh, yes. So, yes. people have been coming forward. Okay. That have uh, went to Jackie's practice and have been giving negative. Well, let me back up. The, the issues that are happening on the show prompted you know people to kind of go back and do some internet sleuthing, and they came across an old video from years ago of Jackie uh, talking. I believe it was with Heavenly. And then this video, which was an almost hour video, but this particular snippet is only like a minute long. Dr. Jackie basically says the reason why a lot of, you know, people don't believe women during their childbirth journey is because a lot of women lie or they put too much emphasis on their pain and it really it it normally isn't as bad as they say basically perpetuating the negative stereotypes that black women have to fight against during their pregnancies which lead to you know uh problems and, and and things like that 
So people have been dragging her on the internet like you're a black woman you are a doctor how can you even say this like you are what you're the rhetoric that you're using is the exact reason why you know mortality issues with black women during childbirth is so high like the so um, i want to make sure i'm understanding correctly so she was just saying these are the reasons why people don't believe or she was saying black women lie doing doing this and so that's why they don't believe him. The latter. She didn't say this is. Oh, she didn't say. That's, two, this, different, that's yes. two different conversations. That's why I said that. No. Okay. She didn't say this is what people think. She yeah. said this is the. This is what happens. <laughs> this oh. is what happens. Choice words, girl. Exactly. So people have been dragging her. And it prompted a few of her former um, patients to speak up. And go on TikTok. And they've been doing it in droves. One woman said, oh my God, I think I'm ready to tell my story. I will never go back to Northside Hospital or back to Dr. Jackie. Very traumatic experience. Another woman says, I have a story too. Dr. Jackie didn't show up to my birth because she didn't take my pain serious. And I almost lost my son. Another one says, that office was the reason I had my baby prematurely. They listen to none of my concerns and have the nerve to still call me about an appointment. There was, uh, these are all comments left on a video of a woman holding her son and saying and recounting her negative experience with Dr. Jackie. And she went as far as to say that her son's mental state or lack of reaching certain milestones she feels is attributed to the care that she got from Jackie, Dr. Jackie. So a lot of the roosters are coming home to roost with Dr. Jackie. And I do feel like, unfortunately this episode was the catalyst (laughs) for the internet sleuthing and her past patients coming forward. So yes, Dr. Jackie is, in a takedown era. Everyone on reality sees it and experiences it. So has she made any, any comments or concerns or about addressing the fact that she's had some negative backlash? Yes. So she released a statement. Would you like to hear it? Sure. I'll read it very quickly. She said, recently a clip from nearly two uh, from a nearly two hour video was taken out of context to make it appear that I somehow take lightly what I have advocated for concerning the devastating problems facing the black maternal health crisis. It has been my life's work to highlight and attempt to rectify the issues that devastatingly impact black maternal mothers versus our counterparts. As a physician, I educate my patients every day to be their own best health advocate. As we continue to face medical mistreatment and gaslighting, My intention with the broader conversation was to ensure patients enter their pregnancies armed with information and tools to effectively communicate their needs with their doctors to ensure a positive outcome. The reason I became an OBGYN is because growing up I saw such a lack of diversity amongst medical professionals and was determined to be part of the change. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow, I will continue to fight for the lives of black mothers and babies. Sincerely, Dr. Jacqueline Walters. Come on now, full name. 
Well, I think two things can be true. I, I do believe that she is fighting the fight for that, but I do also there are some people in fields that you you come across and and you don't do your best work with them, and people can have a negative experience with you because of said situations that, that may have happened, right? So, um, take the good, take the bad. You take them both, and there you have the facts of life. I'm just here for the reunion at this point. <laughs> I need Quad to come back and read everyone. I need Andy to ask Dr. Jackie what's well, going on. And Quad's going to come back at some point later on the show. She definitely comes back at, I think, a pivotal moment because the ladies are taking a friendship break, if you will. That's what it has been explained to us. As we have watched watch what happens live with Andy Cohen, and he's had Jackie on, Doctor Jackie, and some other other ladies, and he also had Doctor Heavenly and Quad on the same episode. To the point, I was very surprised because on the show, Doctor Heavenly was coming at Quad's neck about saying, "You know, you're using me," and they both had choice words for each other. But it just seems like that is their dynamic that they're doing. And if you guys hear barking, it's because Zoe is noticing someone on our street. And she's saying hi to them. So that's what's happening right now. Where was her ass when my catalytic converter was being snatched? (laughs) But anyway, we digress. So yeah, so that's Married to the Medicine. Let's move on to Married at First Sight. And basically, I fell asleep on the show. So tell the people what happened. So the couples are struggling. Essentially, we only have, what, four couples left? And out of those four, we have two couples that are legitimately in the friend zone. And one couple that literally just doesn't like each other. And another couple that is already divorced. (laughs) So, the odds for this season being the worst season of all time is pretty high lauren and orion for whatever reason came back to film to which orion gaslit the hell out of lauren as he typically does she ended up crying in her uh confessionals poor thing i really want more for her emily and brennan now this was the spiciest couple of the week because when dr pia came onto the scene god bless dr pia i actually really really like her because she comes with like a young perspective but she also don't take no shit dr pia don't take no shit so she confronted i will say confronted uh she confronted uh brennan during her sit down with emily and brennan because he was trying to speak for emily and he was basing it in a way of like oh this is my wife i want to protect her so she doesn't say the wrong thing and dr peel was like she can speak for herself i'm asking her yeah i'm talking to her i'm let her answer um because he was trying to clearly dictate what could be said in their household but dr pia's point was okay clearly you feel something for her because you want to protect her and what she says so why aren't you feeling anything romantically for her and it wasn't until you missed this the after show 
where because he's been kind of skirting around it and dropping hits and hasn't wanted to say why he's turned off by her because he doesn't want to hurt her feelings or come across as a jerk or whatever. Which is stupid. asshole behavior. But okay, okay. At the after party, he actually broke down and said it was her. She revealed to him that she's had one night stands before. And she enjoys going out with friends. And that has completely turned her off. So he's or insecure. completely turned him off. off. So, yes, he's extremely insecure. But aren't all the men that go on the show? They really are. It's so sad. They need, they need to vet these people better. Because this show, honestly, is, it's for the past two seasons, has this been the worst seasons. And, again, if they listen to the podcast... Do the formula for Married at First Sight UK, and we have a banner fucking show. Just all I'm saying. So another couple that was really spicy, Cameron and Claire, Mr. New Zealand, and our resident therapist. Of course, they're saying different things, but the same thing at the same time. They both like each other, but... Oh, shit. I thought you were talking about them, (laughs) the last couple. (laughs) Okay, I got it now. I'm with you. But we digress. So, Cameron and Claire, you know, they're trying to figure out why they don't have a spark, why they don't feel a spark, and they almost actually divorced during this episode because they both took their rings off and Doctor and sat with Dr. Pia and she said, well, what's going on? Where they essentially were saying the exact same thing. He said that she's one of the best people he's ever met and she said that he's a really nice guy. And she is attracted to him. So Dr. P was like, okay, well, what's wrong? (laughs) Like, what's happening then? But we find out on the after show where we clearly need to start watching that shit. Maybe we watch after show instead of the actual episode. But we found out because on the after show, it was Lauren, Cameron, and Brennan. Okay. So Keisha Knight Polium was like, okay, Cameron and Claire, your situation. Lauren, what are your thoughts since you're close with Claire? And Lauren was like, okay, I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm just going to be real. Claire told me, Cameron, that you're not attracted to her because she has a big butt. You don't like her body. Keisha was like, (laughs) oh! And Cameron was like, the tall New Zealand with accent. Cameron was like, I I never said that. And Cameron came with his own tea. He was like, I don't feel like she's attracted to me because she's attracted She's attracted to big black men. I, baby, I was about to say it, but okay. Bombs were dropped left and right <laughs> on this past week's episode of The After Party. That's clearly where the party is. We don't need to watch an hour and a half of slow mo. Two hours, yeah, just watching yeah. and bullshit. We can just go straight to the after straight party the and, and okay. they recap the they recap the, the stuff that matters and have a concept because friends out there, we know you. We, we listen to the reviews and we and we've heard you. So we would have done the cocktail of the week for the after party for Married at First Sight, but that shit was nasty. So maybe next week or next yeah, week we'll try it. Out. Next week, so maybe next week we'll see what concoction Keisha got going. Yeah, and we'll and we'll, we'll have make, that. we'll remedy that. Yeah, we'll we'll remake it. But yeah, that was essentially the the stuff worth talking about on Married at First Sight. Next week we will see that Lauren and Orion, for whatever reason, are back on our screens. He, Why? He in the clip he says, "I am 
missing you and what we had. So maybe if you're open to it, we can think about going down this journey again. Girl, bye. Yes. He <laughs> just missed. He misses filming. He yeah. wants to stay in the apartment. Let's be real. Because he's, he he's uh the, the bitch that we didn't like from the season, the shirt girl. Yeah. With the, she wanted the rocker with the boots or some shit. Yes. He wants to be a part of the process without being married. Yeah. He wants to be on real world. Uh, so <laughs> that was married at first sight. Yeah. And so we have House of Villains. Now, fast forward. Spoiler alert. If you guys have not seen House of Villains, we're going to reveal who the winner is. So if you don't want to know. Go 30 seconds past this, and that'll be the end of the show. But, drum roll, please. The winner was... Tanisha. Listen, my girl, my bad girl club bitch did that motherfucking shit. The show House of Villains should come back for... I hope it comes back for another season. It has to. It's a really, really good show. It's funny. It takes the piss out of everything that we love about reality TV shows, but she won the 200K. Johnny Bananas, we love you. Johnny Bananas, we we, we adore you. You ate fish eyes and bull testicles and shit. But, you, you know, and you were the, the villain, the most evilest villain four times in a row. You had the most wins of all the villains. But, yes. you know, the people voted and Tanisha won and I love Johnny Bananas. Like he's he's super sweet. So, but um, friends, that's gonna wrap up this episode of Oh That's My Gay Friend. We want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. Next week will be the final episode for 2023. So make sure you tune in. We're gonna do a special recap, revamp of our favorite moments, our favorite moments of 2023. But right now, we want to wish you guys a Merry Christmas, Absolutely. Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa. Whatever you celebrate, happy festivus for the rest of us. Like, we love you guys. Tune in. Please keep coming back. Tell a friend. Um, and just enjoy yourselves. Okay? Until next time. Bye, bye friends. friends. Today's episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend is brought to you by the letter A. A, listen. Did y'all really think we were going to teach y'all something? This podcast is just to have a kiki with my husband. Tune in next Friday for an all-new episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend. Follow us on Instagram at Oh, That's My Gay Friend or email us your questions at Oh, That's My Gay Friend at gmail.com. Until next week, bye friends.